The Atlanta Braves get a sweep of the Philadelphia Phillies over the weekend. Spencer Strider makes history with the strikeouts. Ronald Cunha Jr. hits a couple of big home runs, makes some great plays defensively as well. But there was some bad news on the weekend. The Braves lose Ozzie Albies again, this time for the rest of the regular season with a fractured pinky. We'll talk about that and discuss how the Atlanta Braves move forward in the NL East and how they come back against the Mets. All of that on today's Monday episode of Lockdown Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my bio there to see where I am covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com, where I've been the co-editor for several years now. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOn underscore Braves and send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, please do me a favor, hit that thumbs up button and that notification bell as it helps support the channel a ton when you do that. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and we're free and available on all platforms. On today's Monday episode of Lockdown Braves, we're going to recap the weekend, which was a great weekend for the Atlanta Braves with a sweep at home over the Philadelphia Phillies. We'll talk about Spencer Strider, Ronald Acuna Jr., and we'll also, unfortunately, have to discuss Ozzie Albies and another injury for him in just a heartbreaking situation. We'll do our weekly minor league update, which is getting shorter now with a lot of minor league seasons coming to an end. So we will recap last week's performances down on the farm, and then we'll set you up for Monday night's game as the Braves take on the Washington Nationals looking to gain ground against the New York Mets in the NL East. Well, let's start with the weekend series against the Philadelphia Phillies. Philadelphia Phillies, as we know, are right there in the midst of a playoff spot. Oh, Braves could actually uh, knock them out of that, and they were part of that over the weekend in a three-game sweep. The Phillies now just two games up on a playoff spot with the Milwaukee Brewers able to take two out of three against the Yankees over the weekend. And now the Padres are in the second wild card spot. So Braves could potentially be determining who their first round opponent could be if they don't win the division, because they could be playing the Philadelphia Phillies out of that second wild card spot uh, with set with four board games still set against the Phillies. Like this coming up a weekend Unfortunately, the Mets swept the Pirates in a four-game series, so the Braves remain one game back in the NL East. But as I've said, just keep yourselves right there. Give yourselves a chance with that three-game series coming up. And again, hopefully you get a little bit of help, and perhaps that could happen this week as the Mets play the Brewers. We'll talk more about that later in the episode. Some of the highlights from the weekend for me, obviously Spencer Strider. We talked about this a lot on the postcast me and grant mccauley did on sunday and we're going to be doing pretty much every game now the rest of the way as the season comes to an end and into the postseason so 
We dove in a lot of the specifics of Spencer Strider from Sunday, but obviously want to get into it here with you. Just incredible what he has done all season long, not just on Sunday, but what he has given this Braves rotation, the dominance that he has pitched with. And it's just amazing coming into the year, not really knowing what his role would be, how effective he could be with just two pitches. Could he maintain that velocity deep into ball games? It was one of the bigger questions for me. He has answered all of those questions. And I think he's even become even smarter as a pitcher throughout the year as it has gone on. I think earlier in the year, he was just pumping gas every time he threw, and he still is. But I think you've seen him make more of a concerted effort to dial it back, quote unquote, to 97, 98, and then ramp it back up to 99, 100 when he needs it so that he has that velocity laid into games. That's been something for me that I've seen develop throughout the year. And then just being knowing when to mix in his breaking stuff, his slider and that changeup, you know, when he needs to, to keep hitters off balance. And it's incredible the the record that he broke on Sunday. And I don't know why more people aren't talking about it. I know me and Grant talked about it a lot and I've tweeted about it. He became the quickest pitcher ever to reach 200 strikeouts in a season in terms of innings pitch. He reached 200 strikeouts in 130 innings. That is just beyond remarkable. The previous record was held by some guy named Randy Johnson, who did it in 2001, striking out 200 batters and 130 in two innings. So, again, I'm out of adjectives to use for Spencer Strider. I don't know how you don't vote for him for Rookie of the Year. On the flip side, I don't know how you don't vote for Michael Harris. I mean, again, there's two and a half weeks left in this season, and I think it's really coming down the wire here is who wins the NL Rookie of the Year between Michael Harris and Spencer Strider. And I really wish this was just one year where voters could set aside and say, hey, these guys are two, obviously the two best rookies in all of the National League. Can we not just split this award and give it to both of them? Because they're both so deserving and what they've meant to this team. And obviously a lot of the tension on Spencer Strider from Sunday, but Michael Harris just continues to do big things as well. He had a, a good weekend. He got the scoring started on Sunday with a leadoff double in the seventh inning, scored the first run of the game. He almost robbed a home run jumping over the fence in the center field that just would have been the catch of the year. So you know what he gives you defensively. But those two guys, with what they are doing, it's just it's truly, truly incredible. Uh, but Spencer Strider, you know, what he's done with the strikeouts, you know, 13.8K per nine, I mean, it's historic what we're seeing. And so I don't know I don't know who you vote for for Rookie of the Year. You let me know down in the comments. Who do you vote for? How do you choose between those two guys? It's a great problem to have for the Braves, but I would not want to be a voter trying to decide which one to vote for between Michael Harris II and Spencer Strider. Another great development over the weekend, Ronald Acuna Jr. showing signs of really breaking out and perhaps – Sitting in that DH spot for a several weeks, maybe that gave some health to the knees, and he is looking like the old Ronald Acuna Jr., and that is just so great to see because we just honestly haven't seen that this year, and understandable coming off the surgery that he had, the injury that he had, but we saw MVP Acuna this past weekend from 
the home runs, the clutch home run on Friday night, the defensive plays that we saw. I mean, he was showing you everything, why he is such a five-tool player when he is healthy, when he is feeling good. And if the Braves can get that Ronald Acuna Jr. down the stretch and in the postseason, uh, this team just becomes that much more dangerous. So it was really fun to see him playing like that, playing free and loose, a lot of confidence. Again, that's the Ronald Acuna Jr. we know and we love. And if we can get that here for the next month and a half, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this Braves team. And then I wanted to highlight uh, Friday night, I mentioned the Acuna home run to begin a six-run eighth inning and a comeback against the Phillies on Friday night. Acuna getting that started with a two-run blast into the chop house, and the Braves offense continued to pile on there in that eighth inning. They did a great job against this Phillies bullpen this past weekend, and a Phillies bullpen that has been very good. Um, so that was great to see the offense breaking out on Friday night because the offense have been struggling coming into this weekend and they were really struggling for most of that game on Friday. And then they kind of broke out and then they were a little bit better over the weekend as well, going up against Aaron Nola, getting four runs off him uh, and then getting going again against the Phillies bullpen on Sunday. But there was the unfortunate news for Ozzy Albies. He returns for two games, game and a half, really dives into second base, fractures his pinky. He is out for at least the next three weeks. So that's all the regular season. A chance he comes back for the postseason if the Braves advance around maybe two. Just really heartbreaking for the Braves, for Ozzie Albies. I mean, he is one of the leaders of this team. And for that alone, was really looking forward to him coming back and just giving this team another spark and helping leading them into the postseason. He will now not be there as part of the team. Hopefully he'll still be there in the clubhouse, providing what leadership he can from afar, but just devastating news for Ozzie Albies. The bright side, the Braves do have Vaughn Grissom, who you know has shown that he can handle major league pitching and be a good defender at second base as well. So the Braves at least have a solid solution already there in Vaughn Grissom. But again, you can't really replace what Ozzie Albies brings you as far as his joy, his his leadership in that clubhouse. So really just hate it for Ozzie Albies. Hope he's able to get back soon. And then another negative from the weekend, Matt Olson continues to struggle at the plate. Also had a double play that probably could have turned. The ball was hit pretty hard. He's playing in with the runner at first, but uh, just a bad play there. Ball that, that got under his glove. Again, could have been a double play to get out of an inning. So he's just, he's really lost at the moment. You see it. You see the frustration from him. He knows he's not hitting like he's capable of. So hopefully he's getting it out of his system now. We know he can get hot. And if he can turn things around, again, no better time to get hot than in late September into October. But as of right now, Matt Olson really struggling at the plate. The Braves need to get him going. I do want to end the weekend on a good note. Wild Bill, four hits on the weekend, two home runs. He has 19 home runs on the season and 871 OPS. Again, me and Grant McCauley talked about this. All the attention on the young guys and Michael Harris and Vaughn Grissom and Spencer Strider, the actual rookies on the team. Don't forget about William Contreras and the strides that he has made this year, both at the plate and behind it, have been just huge for this Braves team and where they are now and the success that they're having. And he had a big weekend as well. 
All right, next we'll turn our attention to the minor league level where the seasons are coming to a, an end. We're just about all the Braves minor league affiliates, but we'll recap the previous weekend next. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts as the football seasons get underway. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. As mentioned, the minor league seasons are coming to an end. Uh, it'll be the last week for pretty much everybody at this point. Um, M Braves finished up their week last this previous week. Rome also as well in the postseason, and Augusta already had finished their season. So I'll go quickly through some of my top prospects for the Braves and how they did this past week. Kyle Muller, five innings, eight hits, one walk, four earned, five strikeouts. So not the best performance for Kyle. I still think we see him get a start down the stretch here for the Braves at the big league level, especially with Gwinnett's season coming to an end. And I think there's still a potential for Kyle Muller to be on the postseason roster as another lefty that can give you innings. I just think he, he makes sense. Jared Schuster, four innings, two hits, one walk. So very solid there. Just want to run four strikeouts. Braves kind of limiting him down the stretch as he gets into some uncharted territory in terms of innings pitched. Uh, Bryce Elder, a good start this past Tuesday. He went six innings, gave up five hits, did walk three batters, gave up two runs, just one earned, and six strikeouts. Uh, so a good start for Bryce Elder, who, like Kyle Muller, I got to think we see again down the stretch here for the Braves get a spot start. Um, Darius Vines, a solid start this last week at Gwinnett. Six innings, five hits, one walk, two earned in six strikeouts, finishing off a good season for him. Freddie Tarnick, three innings, three hits, two walks, one earn, three strikeouts. He's somebody I think we could potentially see on a postseason roster, giving you another righty with some high-velocity stuff coming out of the bullpen. Justin Henry Malloy, just one for 18 this past week, was still drawing a good amount of walks, had six walks and seven strikeouts, but a rare bad week for Justin Henry Malloy at Mississippi. Uh, that's it for your top prospects. Just about everybody else, obviously, at the lower levels are finished for the year. Um, some highlights from each each league that was playing. Ed Gwinnett, Ozzie Albies, and Ryland Bannon actually led the Stripers this past week with six hits. Ozzie doing that in just two games. And that's interesting because Bannon is the one who replaced Albies on the Major League roster when uh, Ozzie Albies went down. So, We'll see if we get a look at Bannon, but he was having a good week with Gwinnett for sure. Picked up six hits on the week uh, this past week for Gwinnett. And at Mississippi, Arden Paps, seven for 22 at the plate, two doubles and two home runs with six runs batted in. Drew Lugbauer, six for 19, a double and a home run. Drew Lugbauer with 28 home runs on the year. The big lefty and masher in the Braves system. And then Allen Winans, seven innings, three hits, one walk, no earned, 10 strikeouts. He has been really good with Mississippi this year. Just a little bit about Allen Winans. He was, he's 27 years old. He was a 17th round pick by the Mets out of Campbell in 2018. He started this year in Gwinnett, got injured, missed all of May and June, 
But since coming back and with Mississippi in eight starts, a 172 ERA, a 0.81 whip, 47 innings pitched, just 23 hits allowed, 15 walks and 45 strikeouts. So again, been really great on the mound for Mississippi. Dylan Dodd, another solid start, five innings, four hits, one walk, one earned, seven strikeouts. And then Tanner Gordon, I had mentioned last week that it felt like he had been on a run of really great starts lately. This past week, five innings, one hit, three walks, two earned, seven strikeouts. He's now gone at least five innings and given up two earned or less in five straight starts. So a really good end to the season for Tanner Gordon there at Mississippi. And then I mentioned to Rome, they lost in the championship series to Bowling Green by one to two count. After winning the first game at home, they lost the next two on the road at Bowling Green. Jacob Pearson was three for 12 in that series with a home run. Brandall Mosquita, a, a rising prospect in the Brave system, he had a home run and scored three runs in that series. Roybert Salinas struck out 10 batters just four and a third innings and allowed just one run on three hits and three walks. A big strikeout pitching prospect there for the Braves. Raldi Munez out of the bullpen had five strikeouts in two and a third innings, and Grant Holmes had five strikeouts as well in three innings, allowing an earned run on two hits and no walks. So there's some of the highlights from Rome in the postseason. And then finally, Mike Soroka pitched last Friday night, five innings, six hits, one walk, two hit batters, six six earned runs allowed, six strikeouts, but the three home runs really um, not used to seeing that from Mike Soroka, a guy who gets a lot of ground balls, and he did in that game, but three home runs, six earned runs, and again, kind of like his last rehab outing was one really bad inning that he had, but um, again, I just, Mike Soroka, not getting the results, I just at this point would say he's not quite ready to come back up at this point. Uh, we need to see some more success from him at the minor league level, but Continuing to get his pitch count up. I believe he threw 80 pitches in that start on Friday night. So should get hopefully one more with Gwinnett, and then we'll see what the Braves decide to do with him if they want to give him an opportunity at the big league level. I think a lot of that depends on how things play out down the stretch. But either way, getting his work in obviously is going to take him some time to get back where he wants to be, where we're used to seeing him be. Hopefully he gets there. But it was another rough outing for him last Friday night. Uh, the Braves also announced their Arizona Fall League participants. They'll have six players going to the Arizona Fall League. That list will include Jose Montilla, of the Bra a pitcher for the Braves, uh, Alex Segal, Austin Smith as well, and Alan Winans, who I just mentioned, uh, will be going there as pitchers for the Braves. Cal Conley, uh, promising infielder for the Braves, will be there as well as Justin Henry Malloy, who rose a lot up the Braves ranks this year. So those are the guys you'll be seeing in the Arizona Fall League for the Braves. All right, next we'll turn our attention to Monday's game where the Atlanta Braves take on the Washington Nationals, hoping to keep pace or potentially gain ground on the New York Mets this Monday night. Before we get into Monday night's game, I did want to mention Bryce Elder was recalled on Monday as the Braves sent William Woods back down. William Woods was called up after Kirby Yates was placed on the IL. So I want to make sure I got that bit of news in there. 
Interesting to see what they do with Bryce Elder. If he perhaps gets a start here in this national series and you could push Max Fried back for that Philly series. Um, either way, he may just be up there, you know, in case of an emergency. But obviously, we know Bryce Elder uh, can start a game if needed to. If you wanted to push back the rotation a little bit, give a guys like Spencer Strider, like Kyle Wright a break. Uh, who've been dealing with some, at least in terms of Kyle Wright, dealing with some arm fatigue. Uh, you could certainly do that with Bryce Selder now back on this roster. Hopefully he won't be needed on Monday night as Kyle Wright is on the mound for the Braves going up against Corey Abbott of the Washington Nationals. Abbott, a second-round pick in 2017 by the Chicago Cubs. He's been back and forth from starter and reliever this year overall a 437 era a 131 whip in just 35 innings with 32 strikeouts might not be around long in this one has not been going very deep into games here lately is more of just kind of an opener Um, so hopefully the braves can jump on him early and get a big lead and kyle wright can cruise to his 19th win of the year in his search for 20 and hopefully we get a solid start out of Kyle Wright, I mentioned he's been dealing with that arm fatigue. Would love to see him, you know, get out here, have a quality start type of outing. We've been accustomed to seeing from Kyle Wright this year, a good opportunity to do that against the Nats lineup. That being said, the Atlanta Braves can't let up here. You can't look at the record and you can't look at the team name and just sit back after playing such a good series against the Phillies. You got to continue to keep your foot on the gas here. If anything, crank it up a little bit more and make sure that these are stress-free wins and take some stress off your bullpen who had to pitch some stressful innings over the weekend. So hopefully the Braves don't let up here. Don't play down to the competition. Take care of business. Win these games early. Put them away. Have some stress-free wins. Allow your pitchers to just work through these games and have some solid outings offense, put up some big numbers and get going. Hopefully it's a good opportunity for somebody like Matt Olson, as well as Austin Riley, who I know had a a couple of hits over the weekend, trying to break out of his funk as well. Uh, But hopefully it's a good opportunity for guys like Matt Olson to get going and hopefully get hot down the stretch here. As far as the Mets, they go up against the Milwaukee Brewers for a three game series this week. And they'll have to face Corbin Burns on Monday night believe Max Scherzer is returning to face him in that matchup. Brewers kind of been struggling a bit, but played pretty well over the weekend against the Yankees. And like I said, because the Braves took care of business against the Phillies, Brewers just two games back of the Phillies for that final wild card spot. So they are definitely fighting for a chance to be in the postseason. They have something to play for here as they go up against the Mets. So hopefully the Braves can get a little bit of help from the Brewers in that series and see if the Braves can pick up ground because, again, yeah, that series against the Mets is great, and, you know, you give yourself a chance with that series, but the Braves really need to be ahead of the Mets going into that series because of the tiebreaker rules. And even if the Braves win that series, the Mets hold the season-season series, and they would hold that tiebreaker if things did end up in a tie in the division. So, You want to make up ground. You want to be ahead of the Mets going into that series at home later in the month. And this could be a good opportunity for the Braves to do that as they face the Nats while the Mets face the Brewers, the only other team other than the Braves that the Mets face who is above 500 down the stretch. That will do it for this episode of Lockdown Braves. Thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of the day. 
Now make your second listen Locked On MLB, where MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team, talking about the biggest stories from around the league. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOn underscore Braves, and you can follow me at ShortstopBall. Also, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 